All right, welcome to this week's Burson Garage HP HQ podcast, also brought to you by the world's wildest car festival, Summonats. I'm here with my mate Webby, and this episode is going to be lit, as they say. <laughs> it sure is, especially with a couple of the guests we've got, eh? That's right, Mick Brasher and Aaron Gregory, two car guys to the bone, right? Yeah, like... Mick, we've had him on a, a, um, in the past a little bit, little bit about him, but he's got such an exciting project with his new car. Yeah. So we obviously want to have a chat to him about that. And Aaron, we haven't had on before. He's he's been such a, yep. such a um, not so much a legend yet. He will be a legend in our industry, but he's been there quite a while. He's built some awesome cars back in the day with the chop shop, and then to win Street Machine of the Year is absolutely awesome. So yeah, let's have a chat with him. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we've got Shop Talk with Rach. Obviously, Webby, yep. you're pumping through those episodes now. Yeah, we just about got that, that car finished now. So yeah, be, yeah. Per- perfect. And then we've got Benny Ben's back and the Mad Quiz, Webby's favourite person. So come on, mate. When are you going to start giving some love for Benny Ben's, mate? When he interviews me. Uh, if I'm, you never know. You, you could be, you, you're going to be in one of these episodes soon, mate. It could be you and this. It could be this podcast, or it could be the next podcast. Who knows? <laughs> get, get you in there with uh, partner up with someone else from someone else potentially. Awesome. All right. Let's talk no more. Let's get straight on with the episode. Let's go. Mad. All right, here we are. How blessed are we to have Aaron Gregory, one of the best car builders in Australia. Come on, mate. That'd be so humble. <laughs> winner, winner of the recent Street Machine of the Year Award. Uh, so many great winners over the year. Aaron deserves it just as much as anybody, mate. Happy Absolutely. to have you. What's going on? Thank you. Not much. Just been struggling through about three Christmas parties in a row and got out of here early because Owen rang this morning and said I should be sober and respectful this afternoon. Is, is that why you got all the lighting make you look a bit more fresh, mate, up there? Absolutely. Pretty, pretty, so pretty the shadows are in my eyes, so you can't just see my eyes. <laughs> hey, mate, I, um, I want to know all... We, okay. Perfect. We want to um, get a little bit of background on you so people can find yep. out a bit. When did you actually get into this whole business of building cars? Um, long story short, well, yeah, long story. Dad, dad, dad's a panel by trade. Mum yep. always had a mum had a pretty sweet little Morris Minor One Thousand. I did did all the car shows with as I was a kid growing up. Um, and I guess what your parents do is not really cool to you as a teenager. So I went the opposite way. I actually went boat building and building things with timber and stuff like that. But I guess the, the bug had already already been bit, and it was in my um in my jeans, I suppose. So. Dad and I ended up building a, a mini truck for myself. I was only like 21, 22 when I actually started. Dad said, let's build a car for me. And I was, I was actually interested in helping out as well. So built cars. I was still building boats back then. Um, but through the mini truck scene, I met a couple of blokes who were building the concept cars at Fisherman's Bend um, for Holden in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and being a boat builder, I was, I was good with fiberglass and composites. And, and they wanted someone they could throw on a tool straight away to build these you know, cars you see at Paris Motor Show in Detroit and things like that. So that got me out of – I was building boats for nine years when they sort of headhunted me to get me to go to work at Holden building the concept cars. Um, and, yeah, they were fiberglass cars on, on steel frames with, like, full floor pans and, and drivetrains underneath. So that was a bit of a crossover for me from boats through composites and fiberglass to cars and then steel work. Um, the global financial crisis came and I was the least, I suppose everyone who works in design is an industrial yeah. designer, automotive designer or, you know, yeah. some sort of tertiary education through university. And 
um, I just done my boat building apprenticeship. So I jumped before I was pushed from Holden when they got rid of a bunch of jobs. And I found out later that my job was safe. But anyway, that put me <laughs> at a shop in Melbourne, which was um, DW Customs, working on a Chad, um, mini trucks and airbags, suspension and a lot of cars and things like that. Um, yeah, just making roll pans and tailgate skins because I was in 23, 24 and still really didn't know much about welding or metal shaping or anything like that at that stage. Yeah. Um, worked there for, for a while and then moved to Sydney, chasing my now fiancé. <laughs> um, went back to boats again just because there wasn't much in the way of car stuff up here or anyone employing. Um, I was up here for about 12 months before Laurie Starling tracked me down and said, come and help me out. Um, get a, a bare metal HR of all things ready for, for Motorex that year. And um, Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Again, same thing. He didn't want me there as a full-time employee. He wasn't in, interested in putting anyone on full-time. I guess I was impressed enough and that started a beautiful five-year relationship there with Loz and building cars and yeah. meeting you wonderful folk and ending up at some that's a motor direction things I'd never experienced before either. I think, yeah. again, it was only 2013 or 14 I experienced my first um, summonats and had some burnout car almost run over my toes and what's going on in this joint? How does insurance cover this shit? And it was pretty funny. <laughs> but that that was a, a great time just mentioned it there, wasn't it, with with Loz there in the chop shop. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because what, what, what I, as you know, I used to come there a fair bit, and what I saw was you two, it was a few other guys as well, but you two worked so well together. You just bounced off each other and just built some yeah. great cars over that time. It was about two and a half, three years. I think it was just Laurie and I for, for a while there. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and with his passing, that is the thing that I miss the most is the backboard, you know. I know you do. Yeah. He has an idea, I have an idea, he has an idea, and... You know, keep bouncing off each other till we come up with a more efficient, better, cool-looking way of doing things. And yeah, something that sort of happens now, like back then, it would have taken me one hour to come up with a way to do an engine bay. And now, when you're by yourself, it's almost a whole day, sort of brain-tapping thing of trying to figure out ideas. Where back then, yeah. he had his way of doing things. I had my ideas of doing things, and together we sort of figure out a way of making it cool and efficient. And the ideas came a bit faster and more rapid. But um, yeah. S- sad thing and we've all sort of had to move on afterwards and yeah um, yeah keep on swimming dory keep on swimming it is it is a sad thing but uh look there's been uh, coming out of that the hr i think the one you were talking about is going to be resurrected again and Absolutely. then uh, and then you've gone on to work with, with chubby there in sydney and, and yep. it's some great great cars and we've still got a, a car yeah so it, we're working on back in the day about to come out as well yeah exactly right oh you're Sorry, right. we're back again. Someone's yeah. trying to call me. Um, yeah, so it's been a bit of a slow situation. Cars went in the storage area for a while because we didn't know what we were doing and customers didn't know what they were doing. A lot of the car builds were in our heads. They weren't really on of course, paper or things like that. So, um, yeah, those cars went in storage and nothing could really happen with them until we figured out what we were doing and I got lumped with um, the HT and the Escort to finish off. So... Um, Johnny's Escort, which is super cool. If I could just build cars like that forever, I'd be super happy. That'll be in the Street Machine next next issue, I believe, which is pretty rad. And Chris's HT is in paint now, which will be right. super cool. Um, the only real reason I got back into cars after everything was to get those two, two cars finished. Um, HT's dragged out a lot longer than any of us sort of expected yeah. and wanted to, but life has really gotten in the way. Um, Chris, who owns a HT, has had more life happen to him in the past two years than any of us would really want to happen. So um, cars aren't, you know, the 
be all and end all with life. Um, so yeah. he's been put on the background a little bit, but it's, yeah, getting close to coming back out again now. Yeah, and you've got plenty of other projects there in your shop I can see behind you. What else are you working on? Yeah, uh, 53, the, well, funny story, I was actually working on this at DW almost 12 years ago. Really? Um, wow. The owner down there didn't get anything more done with it, so it came to my shop exactly how it was 10 and a half years ago, completely untouched, but going ahead again now, so LSA, six-speed manual, he's always had German cars, Mercedes-Benz and Audi, so he wants a 50s car that is still like an Audi and a Mercedes-Benz, so... Yeah. Modern running gear, sequential shifters, heaters, cool, air conditioning. Man. Even going to go as far as like um, timber and carbon fibre highlights in the interior and diamond stitch and LED yeah. lighting, like proper Audi, modern Mercedes Benz, but on the outside it would look like a cool 50s cruiser. Yeah, right. um, and I think I remember you telling me too, he like he'll really drive that car too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Him and his dad come in here, they're concreters, they rock up here. Covered and filthy. They're hard workers. They work hard for their money. Yeah. And they kind of expect me to do the same too, but yeah. they just want a really cool, you know, Sunday car. So it'll be a driver. Um, yeah, just how awesome, honestly. That's... Not not super detailed underneath or anything like that, but just, yeah. uh, like I said, always had Audis and Mercedes-Benz and stuff like that. Just want something that looks cool, but is still the same modern car with a twist. Yeah, which mate, means, I, yeah, I, I, love, I love what you did with Gary's car, mate. That is just unbelievable. It's just such a, such a rad you. Absolutely, and probably one of the best customers you could possibly work for. Yeah, he's so I've got this guy. idea. We could, guy, we could do that. We could do this. We could do that. Fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. And the car just snowballed. I don't think he expected it to come out the way it did. I don't think I expected the way it to turn out the way it did. But same thing. He saw what had been started with Jono's Escort being a street-driven race yeah. car, which is you know the real pointy into pro touring in the states. Um, the Escort might ruffle some feathers on how far towards the pro street. Pro, sorry, pro touring race car thing, and then Gary's gone to the next level again. Um, yeah, it was a rush to get it to him on Friday afternoon because he already had it booked in and entered um, for a hill climb only a week after I left here. Yeah, um, so just, just to so give people, tell sorry. people yeah, what do you yeah. Say? tell people what it is? Adam? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so Gary's car he already had started up in Queensland. He runs stunt driver at stunt driver show at Movie World. And yep. all their drift cars are VE Utes. Um, he, he loves a VE Utes, but of course everyone's got a VE and Commodores are pretty boring. So Gary <laughs> had a VE Ute. Gary had, or a VF, anyway, a V Series Ute. Um, and he brought himself a 72 C10 truck. And Lindsay at LDI Customs up in Queensland cut the body off the VE, threw that in the bin, and then cut the floor out of the C10 Chev and lower that down over the entire floor pan. Everyone's like, oh, you just put VE subframes under the chassis. No, it is a Commodore that looks like a Chev. It's not just bits and pieces welded to a Chev. It's a... Yeah. And you can see it all on the, on the Instagram, the Showtime C10. Like the... Absolutely. It's all there. They were driving the thing and doing loops in it before they put the body back on, just a VE floor that. pan <laughs> with all the driving gear in it. Um, of course. Because, <laughs> again, like Gary wanted the full race car thing, but, you know, modern GT3 luxury car touches. So we ordered a brand new carpet and an underlay kit from Holden and just drop it in. So yeah. dual zone, zone climate control, heater, automatic wipers, automatic headlights, yeah. all the heater box and everything still under the car, stock VE fireball still there, just looks like a seat on the outside. Warren Luff is one of his uh, drivers at Stunt, Stunt, Stunt Show, so he set up the suspension and brakes and, yeah, the thing sits flat, goes like a cut snake, about 500 horsepower at the moment. And yeah. Super-duper fun. But, yeah. 
And that trim, mate, that trim, you I know you're a humble bloke, mate, but that trim, that is that is world-class off-tap. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Super cool. It is More cool. of that, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, mate, also, I really want to congratulate you on winning the Street Machine of the Year for a couple of reasons. One, Thank because you. you're such a good good guy, but that truck is so awesome, and it is what that that uh, program is really all about. It's yes. street machine of the year. And you drive Definitely. that everywhere. You jump in it, drive it to Melbourne, drive wherever. So that's yep. awesome. So at the moment with the restrictions, you know, we can't drive back to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, this course. week's I was supposed to, but I'm in double digits. I've lost count of how many times I've done the Melbourne-Sydney trip with it. Um, yeah. I would, I'm more comfortable sitting in that, driving for eight hours than I am in a Commodore or my Ranger or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I had people messaging me, hey, dude, you, your car really resonates with me this year. It's an actual street machine, you know, not to take away from the other cars no. in there. Like, no. just that, I, I didn't think I had a chance because there was some big dollar high-end, you know, super, super-duper cars in there. Um, and, and, and I guess it just resonated this year. People, like, we really want the driver to win. So, yeah, mm. went to a driver. And like I was saying to you before, it's one of those things that's been driven and abused for the last eight years it's starting to look a little bit tired but now that i've got this halo above my head of smoty <laughs> I'm, I'm too scared to drive anywhere because people are going to pick on my stone chip so i'm going to give it a bit of a birthday over the holidays and no, mate. make it a bit more worthy of the, of the trophy but no, super, good, super about, surprising yeah. i did not expect it whatsoever i didn't have, didn't think i had I had a chance i was just sort of making up the numbers but um yeah came away with a win it wasn't a judge's scorecard thing it was the people genuinely liked it Yep. Um, it broads tells me that it was quite a comprehensive numbers win too. So, yeah, super cool. That super is super cool. cool. Super cool, yeah. mate. Absolutely. I, I love the I love the fact that the uh, that you used you, and I also love uh, that you you know you, you've used a Holden motor. You haven't gone, <laughs> to, you know, no. nothing nothing against other motors, but I love that you've stuck with the Holden motor. And it's obviously not a Holden, but it's just a you know cool part of that. You know, it's just such a I don't know all the bits combined on that car to. Yeah. Make it rad. Make it rad. Well, it, it is. It is a big G, General Motors threesome. So yeah. the, the entire run gear is out of a VP Commodore. Yeah. The chassis. The chassis is out of a Holden Rodeo, um, and the body is actually a genuine Fisherman's Bend built Chevrolet from 1951. Still got the yeah, plaques wow. from Fisherman's Bend or whatever. So factory right hand drive, um, and the, the truck was always built on a massive budget. Like I, I picked up the VP back in the day for a couple of grand, and I got the Rodeo for 200 bucks, and I brought the yeah. Chev off Osrod's website back then because there was no marketplace or whatever for 1500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah, sl- slammed it all together. And, um, again, a bit of Laurie's influence. It was never meant to be that nice, um, but nothing's going to leave the chop shop looking shit out. So exactly, yeah. there's there's a few dollars worth of paint and trim and stuff on it now <laughs> that I wasn't supposed to get. But anyway, and, and it's stood the test of time. I kind of upset Craig Park was here the other week congratulating me. And he was telling me after his car went in the magazine, I went to every show. I towed that thing to every show within, you know, five-kilometre radius. And I stood around the car and I spoke to everyone. And back then, people had to mail in their votes to the Street Machine of the Year. And I made sure people had the address to send their votes in and, you know, really went out there and publicised himself to make sure he won. I'm like, well, I wasn't allowed to leave the house this year to do anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I have been driving the thing everywhere for the last eight years. Enough people have seen it. And one of the messages I got was, hey, dude, I just read your article. I didn't realise you were from Sydney. I've seen the car three times in Geelong and just assumed you're a local down here. So yeah. I'm going to throw your votes. That's I didn't know else. that. So, I, yeah. And the, the colour too, mate. I love the colour on the... I, 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 um, it's probably a colour you look on a stick and you go, oh, yeah, but you look on the car and you go, whoa, 
It's just yeah, it's, a, it, it's just a factory BMW colour. Yeah, the, the BMW. It's actually it's a mid two thousands BMW, real square slab sided. Yeah, and it just looks weird because in the sun it's gold, and on the sides it flips and goes. I think I've seen dark, it on the on the E sixty, the five series, like that sort of. Yeah, model. And yeah. It, it just doesn't look real good. It looks like the panels are mismatched because on a a flat car because the colour flips so much from on, sunlight to shade, but give it a bit of 50s curvature. Oh, it's great, mate. My old man almost had a heart attack. 50s cars have got to be solid colour or pastels. You can't do metallics on an old car. It looks stupid. Mm. Just chill. I think I've got the right one. I hope it's the right one. <laughs> it turned out to be pretty good. It's all, it's, and it's, it's the biggest conversation started with the whole car is always the colour. Of Just to, to go back to the, the Holden thing, when you go there, from me, no doubt from a dad, you know, He's working in the car game too. It must have been a pretty yep. proud, moment, proud moment for him, his son working on a lot of these cars that go into these big motor shows. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think he is proud. I always, in all these interviews, I always say, I, I hope I have an upset dad or dad's not upset with me. <laughs> yeah. Not because I'm not sure if he's proud of me or not, but the fact that I went boat building, had a chance to not be in the automotive industry, and I've come back into the auto, automotive industry. And most people who work in the automotive industry are like, fuck the automotive industry. So, But anyway, <laughs> here I am. I was like... Mid twenties, finally getting back into the automotive industry, but yeah, he's he probably found it the hardest to not go and tell his friends that I've won the because you you win smarty, but then get told you can't tell anyone until the magazine comes out in two or three weeks' time. And Mum right. reckons he had the hardest time. All he wanted to do was tell his mates on on what had happened, and he wasn't allowed to. So, so it's pretty cool. Can I ask? Uh, can I ask? Given that cool. you've been in the boat game too, does that give you? I know you're a humble guy. You probably won't answer this to you know, but like <laughs> the way. But I'll try. You try like a. Does the boat thing give you an edge? You think a little bit too. Like, did you learn stuff there that you can use in automotive now? You think? Is that I it? think so. You, you you speak to people who are mechanics or bodybuilders or panel yep. beaters who have done that trade their whole life, and they look at what we do, custom car wise, and go, "Oh, you've got too much patience. You're rocks in your hair. I can't believe you spend this much time doing the things you do." Yeah. Correct. Where I think I've I've come come at it from you know, a, a, a different sort of background where. Doesn't matter if it's carbon fibre, timber, fiberglass, wood, or now steel. If you're good with your hands, it doesn't really matter what medium you're using. Um, so, with boats, it's a lot of pattern making and bracket making, pattern making, bracket making, and making things fit together. And yeah, yeah I just sort of float from those those sort of materials into the steel, and yeah, learn how to use a welder and bend steel around, and it's the same sort of process. So. I'd probably say it probably is an advantage because I'm not looking at it from a mechanics yep. or panel beater's point of view where they reckon these things are stupid and a, a patient <laughs> zapper with, I'm like, I don't know, just what I do for a job and it's how it's always been type deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. And I see your um, event for Slam. Yep, going yeah. there. They're going to get, get the party away on Friday night at Cricketers Arms and yeah. we'll have a truck parked there. Like I said, I'm going to try and give the truck a quick birthday so I don't have people going, this piece of shit one. Even though it won because it's a piece of shit and gets used. But I'll give it a quick birthday before we get there and, yeah, Absolutely. we'll be there for sure. Yeah, that's If good. we're allowed. Come on, yeah. mate. We'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right. All right, mate. Bridge open. I really that's appreciate it. appreciate your time. It's so good talking to you, catching up with you. Okay. I've known you for a while and it's uh, you're just going from strength to strength, mate. So awesome. Thank you. Just we lock need... myself in the shed and have fun. I know, but we... <laughs> that's it. We all, I always want to encourage young people and just bringing those new ideas in. So, Definitely. That's, and great, I, again, again like I've said, people that have been in the game for a long time think we've got rocks in our head yet. The fresh ideas that come through from young kids and Absolutely. Um, especially with social media these days, what's getting shown around the world and what you see and the ideas you pick up and the, the, the passion of, of other guys out there plus other people who are pushing the boundaries mm. makes you want to lift your game up and have a crack at life too. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep on doing mate. it. Good on you. Absolutely. I'll bring you coffee soon, mate. Don't worry. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you, ne- you never know, mate. You never know. Yeah, true. <laughs> if I'll make it myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Az. No worries. Good Thanks, Aaron. Good on you, mate. Thanks, mate. See ya. Great to Catch you. Bye, mate. All right, here we are. We are here with Mick Brasher. Everybody knows Mick. He's been pumping tyres for longer than tyres have been getting pumped, and <laughs> exactly. we're happy to we're happy to have him here for a chat. What's going on, Mick? Mate, I'll just burn out in the shed tonight. Uh, I don't have many days off for um for Christmas, so I thought my main goal this um this break was to mow the lawn, <laughs> do, the, do the gardening. The yeah, car, right. <laughs> get it all ready. Get it all ready for summer for summer slam. And, uh, yeah, I've just been out there, finished painting the engine bay and the engine and the wheels, and I'm getting ready. So how's so, it going? With, how's it, I was yeah. going to say, you must be excited, mate, like a, a bit of a different style. Obviously, you haven't taken the car out yet to probably formally punish it, but... Oh, I have at home. Yeah. I have, I have at home. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very happy with the car. Excited? The, car, the car's, I think the car's going to have a new nickname. It's going to be, like, Cicada. <laughs> For like obvious it, reasons. <laughs> uh, when, when, when you finish, when you when you finish the burnout, the you, your ears are just ringing. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so, very loud. So, Mick, do you want to? I mean, uh, most people are aware of what you're doing. Do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown, or how much you want to cover of the of the car? Okay, I've just I paired up with uh, JC Racing, Johnny. Oh, yeah, and uh, we've just. Um, Gone for a uh, supercharged 13B with a 671, um, EFI, uh, methanol. Wow. Still automatic. And um, everyone said it's not going to work, it's not going to work, but, yeah, we have got it to work. So I'm just – I just hope it's not egg on me face, but I, I, I just <laughs> hope – uh, I don't think so. I can get out there at uh, Sydney Dragway. And like my own backyard, and just smash tyres like it does here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when when you say you've had, what you've had a couple of couple of goes at, at home, recently? yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, like like it's all it's all been R and R test and tune. How much boost? We change tyres. We change um, oh, just just different angles, suspension, bit of pinion angle, just to get the car right. Like we're, we're, I'm going from a, a supercharged six litre to a supercharged one point three litre. Yeah. Right. That's the way you got to look at it. That like the, the rotary doesn't have torque, so um, yeah. You're banging, I, I, banging those RPMs, no doubt. Oh, uh, the RPM! Oh my God! I just <laughs> everyone's got to sit in the grandstand like they're going to be playing cricket, just just holding on to something. Yeah. <laughs> going to be good. Uh, to it's got to be. It's got to be a good noise, right? It's got to be a good oh, 100%. noise. Oh, hundred percent. actually, Lynn. Lynn videos every burnout I do at home, and the last yeah. couple of kids, she's walked away and said, "Piss off!" Oh, that is <laughs> ear pitting. No. How about the neighbours? Are they, are they good? <laughs> I haven't seen them. No, no I haven't, they're, they're left. They moved out. <laughs> well, there's a four sale sign on the fence next door, so. Buy it up and extend the track. <laughs> so, make sure go, go back. What give you the idea or why do you want to do this? Because you've had such a successful career so far. And what, right. what's the story? Yeah. Uh, back in the day, um, everybody looked up to um, UC Smoke, Leroy Lees, you know, big the big guys with uh, big engines and superchargers yep. and all the rest of it. Now, every man their dog's got one. 
Every man their dog's got a, a, a small block or a big block or a blown LS, mechanical injection. Yeah, okay, what's next? Do I've always wanted to do a um, compound turbo diesel or a rotor. Yeah. And I spoke to Johnny, we had a few beers, a few VBs. That's the way, that's the way, VBs, mate. And um, I've always wanted a rotor, so yeah, we've jumped in and balls and all and so how do you reckon, I mean, obviously time will tell, but do you think you can get reliability out of that or is it going to be on the edge all the time? We don't know. We don't what know. Do you, but what are you thinking? Oh, listen, I could build, I could build, <laughs> hey, oh, you, listen to this one. My small blocks uh, um, used to give me reliability. I would win a lot of money from burnouts. I would go back. We would put rings and bearings in it. I, I'd take it for a quick test run and the <laughs> would melt. <laughs> and, and you think, why would I spend money on it for? Like, it's not broken. But I, and, and I haven't changed nothing. And they yeah. shoot them. And then yeah. I don't, don't spend money on it. I don't change the oil. And the frickers, they last. Yeah. Oh, so the goal is to go smash tyres and just see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. It, it, it's, uh, we don't play the game for the money. We play the game. Nah, absolutely. I love I love the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, no, and no doubt with Johnny too, you know, it's uh, a partnership he wants to perform too with the business, you know, and, and put... And, yeah, so it's, he's, it's a proud moment after you, you know, you, you pump a few skids, win a few awards I, and, you know, everybody wins. A couple, a couple of weeks ago, we'd done a mid-skid and I know the car was 100% better from the last time and here I am, I'm trying to give him a kiss mid-skid <laughs> in the car and <laughs> I, I told his wife, Lisa, and I said, sorry about kissing your husband mid-skid, but I was so freaking happy, like the car <laughs> performed and I've got RPM and yeah, <laughs> it, was funny, it was a funny moment. It was a, it was a really exciting moment. <laughs> that was at your place? Um. It was at a mate's house, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because you haven't, you haven't had this out yet, have you? Only at no. home. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Only at home. I, I'm not going to take it out for all the, all, all the keyboard warriors to rag me and rag Johnny out. We'll just exactly. get our shit done at home, and then we'll come out and um, show you what it can do. I did, yeah. post, a, I did post a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark cool video of that, you. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't even get on Facebook much, but um, yeah. Johnny showed me. He thought I did it. And I went, what? <laughs> I thought you'd get a laugh out of it, mate. I laughed. Oh, man, oh my God, that's fucking unreal. <laughs> so, Mick, I want to ask you another question. Yes. I want to know, like, you've been around the, the scene for a while. You've got your own events. A lot of people know you. I want you to tell us something that people don't know about you. Obviously, yeah, you're a rotary lover. We didn't know that, but something else. Oh. Come on, mate, there's gotta be something there. I like to come home and just um, chill out with me missus and kids and dog, mow the lawn, Yeah. stress free. I like to eat. <laughs> I don't know, what do I What's like? What's your favorite food, Mick? What's your favorite food? Oh. <laughs> At the moment, it's Italian with prawns. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a nice linguine, seafood, something like that. Oh, listen, and hog's breath. You can't beat hog's breath. <laughs> there you you go. Listen, you cannot beat hog's breath. I know they, they sponsor me and everything, but you know what? I don't give a rat's ass. I'd still go there even if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best meals going. <laughs> oh, and Great Northern. Anyone out there from Great Northern? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know one thing, and you actually you mentioned on the podcast a little bit before, but uh, something that a lot of people wouldn't have known is the burnouts you do up at your place, you go pretty crazy, eh? 
I do. I'd love to um, expand the Bernie pad, but Lynn said, no, we need a driveway before we do that. <laughs> no. I just had a mate come over on, uh, a couple of days ago and he's got the whippersnipper out and I've got grass growing in between the cracks of the burnout pad. Like it's just, we've had a little bit of rain up here and a bit of heat yeah. in the sun and it just goes crazy. Bit. Yeah. Uh, getting closer to Summer Slam, yeah, I think I'll be putting more tattoos down, not on my arms or my legs, on the burnout pad. No I was going to ask you that. So you're looking forward to, to, to some 100%, 100%. Oh, as we speak, um, the, the fans are still on in my spray booth in the shed. I built myself a spray booth last Christmas. Awesome. Yeah, And uh, Yeah, I've just been just tinkering with colours and, yeah. So yeah, nice. So new colour as well? New colour. Oh, awesome. Yeah. You'll wait and see. Just give you a couple of days. You'll see it. What's, oh, your, well. what's your thoughts? So, you know, Sydney Dragway, you know the burnout pad well. What's, obviously, would you have a different game plan there than a summer nats burnout pad, like for people out there? Or you just, you'll just, you know, wing it and smash tyres no matter what? Yeah, that one. Wing it. <laughs> <laughs> wing it. Because it's a longer pad, obviously. It's, it's a longer a long... pad. And, and, I, and you know what? If yeah. you haven't got no arm coat to hit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Wide enough, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't tipped the I haven't tipped the rotor in at 70, 80 k's yet. Yeah. Like my, my my burnout pad's fifty meters long by like seventeen. So I I haven't really tipped it. I've only just been doing statics to get data. But it is one of the cool features of uh you know there at Sydney Dragway, no doubt. You're oh, gonna, it's probably one be of the best pads. One of the best pads around Australia. Fast yeah. tip in for sure. For sure. Yeah, look forward to it, mate. I look forward to it. How many RPM you reckon? Oh, All I don't of know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> 55,000 or something yeah, like yeah, that. 55,000 <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sound like 55,000. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Well, I just say, any, anyone with bringing small babies out to summon that slam, you want to uh, bring some earplugs. Hey. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. All right, mate. That's fantastic. Look, thanks for your time. Always good to catch up with you and really sure. looking forward to seeing you, mate. Bloody yep. hell, I can't wait to get out there and smash tyres and, you know, get over this corona shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We look forward to seeing you there, mate. And no doubt um, everybody looks forward to hearing it, not only seeing it because... Oh, yeah, me too. A- I can't wait to get out and put a show on, even if it's, you know, a, a, a big show, a small show. I don't care. We're yeah. just going to go and go on. Yep, and I, I, I love Always the fact do. that you've gone for something different, mate. I love something absolutely. Different. Yeah, I love it, honestly. Yeah, I think no, other no people are excited killer. too. Yeah. It's no big block killer, but you know what? I'll, I'll let the driver do it and I'll let the engine do it. So, yeah, absolutely. I have no doubt you'll blow them under a minute, mate. It won't matter. <laughs> well, yeah, let's try it. <laughs> oh, good boys. Thank you Thanks, very much. Have a good All right, man. Legend, mate. Good on you, mate. Good See ya. No, See you ya. too, mate. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, Rach. Hey, how you doing? We're getting near the end of that job. We are. It's been a long couple of weeks, but we're getting there. <laughs> so it's all painted now. So I wanted to talk to you about, um, obviously, we've, we've assembled that car, but there's, it's got to have glass, mouldings, door handles and all those types of things on, and then obviously um, finished off at the trimmers and all that. So... What's your what's your thoughts now? Would you send that out and and get it back to denivered or do the buffing after? How would you go about that? So is that after the the fitting up of everything and everything's together? 
Yeah, no, no, no. So we've, we've just pulled it out of the booth now. So what's your process now? Do you fit that up or do you do a bit of denibbing and, and buffing on it? So pretty much straight out of the booth, you want to let it, uh, every paint job needs to do its gassing and let it do its thing. So give it, give the car a chop. I think most people do like to just chop car back dead flat. You can either denib it, depending on what kind of job you're doing. Most people, especially if you've got a straight elite vehicle, elite guys will cut and cut and cut and get it so what dead, would you, dead flat. What would you first cut that with? What grade of paper? Uh, I attack. So, <laughs> so I. I go, That's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, I attack. I go, I, I'm not as vigilant as you. <laughs> I went, I go uh, 800. Like, so do I. First cut. Because, and the reason for that is we mentioned last week, is it cuts all that cellulite out. So all, so once you get, and interesting what I've learned over the years of judging, and I'm sure that you've seen this as well, is that you can actually, you're judging the, the gloss and all that on the paint, but you're actually seeing right through that vehicle, right through that paint job, you can see down to that primer, whether that's been cut properly, correct? Definitely. So if you've got, especially with metallics, it just stands out like anything. Like if you've got something that's not been cut back at every single stage, and this is why I said a couple of weeks ago, you want every stage to be dead flat because then everything Absolutely. above that is effortless. You can see it because if that's got an angry finish to that primer, your metallic is just sitting on it. And that's why I say with scratches, you've got your scratches that you put in, say, 800, yeah. 1,200, all that kind of stuff. That's like the Grand Canyon, whereas at the opposite, if you don't chop it enough, it's like mountains. And yeah. paint under a microscope is exactly that. It's like the Grand Canyon or a mountain. And yeah. there's no in between. You chop, 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 and then you get your effect. And that's when your nice base coats are laying down so beautifully Correct. like satin. Because yeah. that's another thing. If you don't chop your primer, I know we're talking about clear here tonight, but if you don't chop your primer, you won't get your base coat to lie flat. And, and then yeah. as soon as you look into that job and if the base coat's all over the place, it's just people will go, oh, it's really shiny. Why did he not win paint? But we're, we're actually, over the years I have, and I'm sure you now, look into that. And if, that's, if that base coat's not lying well or it's blotchy or whatever, yeah, that's that. That's not going to be the good, a, a better paint job, is it? Yeah, it affects the end cut, and that's why all those steps do matter to get to this point. Now, uh, yeah. it does affect the final buffing and detailing of a car because you don't want to be chopping things back to near on the end of their life where you're going to be starting to cut through. You want to be able to chop and know that you've got enough material on there to glaze that up and to know that you can get a couple of other cuts in there if you want to uh, through its life. It's about, yeah. all about keeping it nicer for its whole life. Yeah. And that's, that's um, yeah, so we're obviously back to the clear. And, and I was interested in what you said there because I tell people if I start with 800 on that clear, they just freak out. No way. But, <laughs> but if you start, I'll say, well, what do you start? They'll go 1,500. Well, all you're doing is just going over any, even any denips there. So yeah, you're just it. giving the car a back rub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give it a massage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I, I usually start with 800 and then I'll, I'll go through around about, you know, probably 1,200 and even up to 2,500. I know people are finishing off with 5,000 now. That's almost polishing the job before you, before you buff it, isn't it? Yeah, it makes your life a lot easier. So pretty much even with this thing, did the 8, 8, 12, 15, and then you're going down to your twos and then I'm still I'm still wet rubbing even at two and sometimes I'll use the Trizax um, and then I'll go to three with Trizax. Even some parts of this I'll hand still wet rub with 3,000 just okay. on those, on, on the say like the inner bits around the guards here, uh, yeah. just just to try and get in there really nice because it's, it's just smoothing it out even nicer and then I'll even come back over the Trizac even by hand if I can't get in there with the machine because once again the machine 
whilst using with buffing and detailing, there's still you still need to be really, really clean when it comes to this stage. So cleanliness is next to godliness with when it comes to buffing. You want to make sure all of your machines and your bottles and your water. Um, there's even great great buckets. I don't know who does them, um, but there's buckets like with like little grates in them so yeah, that all of the stuff falls down. Um, just and, anything like and lighting, good lighting. Lighting, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, you'll you'll think, oh, what a great job of finishing. You go all the way to the end, and you think, yay, and then you take it outside, and you go, damn it, <laughs> just from not having the right lighting. So you are uh, you are um, um, do you use wool pad or a foam pad or a bit of both? Uh, I use a bit of both, depending on how long the job's been sitting for, and what kind of product I've used on the job as well. Say. Um, even the Chev uh, House of Colour, it, it is um, a little bit softer with the clears. Correct. Um, so with this one, I didn't attack with the wool. I just yeah. went straight in with the foam the and just used my, yeah. Yeah, and used my cutting compounds and used the correct compounds. So compound is a very, very essential thing. The right pads, the, wrong, the right compound uh, can really make or break a, a good polishing job. Absolutely. So yeah. we've got that job all cut back and now it's all buffed. And uh, we do the final assembly, and then obviously uh, get the get the trim in it. All right, and yep. and then of course um, always a not so much an awkward, but always a, a, I guess for antenna hooks is fitting the glass, eh? Especially in older vehicles. <laughs> oh God, yeah. To to get the glass guy in, depending on if you're a glass yourself, you obviously know the stresses. But yep. to to put the glass in is that final, like you watch the whole car go together and you're already petrified through the whole stage because, you know, it's, it's, it's at its pre-stage, it's done. You don't want anything to ruin it. And, yeah, uh, when it comes to glass, uh, it's my scary moment because it can either, if something goes wrong with the glass going in and you've got that much product now and this is why you do your fitment halfway through. Um, yeah. So to make sure that the glass does fit nicely, whether you've done body work or whatnot. Um, but you've got build through every single product you've put now on there. So glass is always, glass doesn't change. But you putting product on the car does. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you go to have Levi, that's why you don't build as much product where you don't need to. But, um, yeah, the glass the glass fitment is, and it's kind of, I don't know, that feels like the last thing to go on the car and then it's good to drive. That's near yeah. on, yeah, it's and, a good and, moment. And it's been really important through that process, and we, we mentioned quite a few weeks back, but about fitment, and if you've chopped that roof, you've got to get that glass cut and fitted there back in that primer stage and make sure and then pull it in if it's a rubber pull it in in the rubber make sure it fits then eh? so yeah yeah definitely because if you've got no room when it's at the primer stage i don't know what kind of hope you've got like once you're in yeah. uh, you've got more none. layers of paint on there none <laughs> yeah none yeah uh, that's great so we've got that vehicle now we've uh, we've come a long way we've got that up to painted and she's fitted up so um, we're going to leave everybody on tenor hooks this week and next week we're going to actually get that vehicle out drive it take it for a cruise or and prep it for a show eh? yeah that sounds like the fun part the awesome. glory awesome thanks Rach. all right what a crazy episode with mick brasher and aaron gregory you know we said these guys are car guys to the bone but you know in australia how lucky are we to have car people like this you know like unbelievable mate I've said it so many times that we've had so many good guests, but Mick Brasher is just, I just love him. He's just such a fantastic guy. He's, he's what I'd call a real character of the sport. Yeah. He's, he's a genuine car guy. Yeah. He does a lot of his own work, 
and and he's always trying to do something different. And as, as he said in the interview, he's, so many other people have blown small blocks and LS and stuff. He's just trying to do something different. So really yeah. good on him, mate. And part of part of the reasoning, no doubt, Mick does that. He does it for the people, for the fans too. You know, he just wants to he just wants to put on. It's entertainment to Mick, you know, no doubt. And but it's it a no serious competition. He wants to win, yeah. but he sees the entertainment value in it. And I, I love that about him. And and Aaron Gregory, uh, you know, uh, what's the, what's there to say about Aaron? He's just one of the best car builders in the country, and one of the nicest dudes. Like this, we've got so many people on the podcast. You'd love to sit down and have a beer with. If you had a beer with all of them, you'd be blind drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we have to have a run with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have to have a run with Aaron, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome, and good to see the talk with Rach there and the, and the quiz. The quiz, yeah. uh, we want to say, we want to thank Burson Garage for supporting the HP HQ podcast every week. Uh, it's been a really great to talk with those guys and plenty of cool things to come. So make sure you stay tuned because this is 2021, obviously, and it's going to be the year of prosperity. Is that right, Webby? Absolutely. Prosperity and plenty of events. Absolutely plenty of events. Plenty. So make sure you get on the website and get all your tickets and every entries as they all roll in and become available. Get onto that. This is the HP HQ podcast and this is the end. So for tonight, we'll see you next week, no doubt. Cheers. Awesome. All right. See you, Webby. Cheers, mate. See you, everyone. Thanks for watching. Catch you next Tuesday.